Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's your host, Brandon Laws. Thanks for the download today. Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. At Zenium, you can find the right level of support for your business. In both the complete HR plus payroll solution, we become your team. You can rely on Zenium for your critical HR and payroll functions while increasing your efficiency. Or you can lean on the custom HR solution where we augment your team. We can wrap around your HR team. Or for anybody who is small enough where they can't afford HR, you can develop a custom package of HR services that provides expertise and support wherever you need it. Learn more at zeniumhr.com. All right, well, I'm excited for today's episode. It features guest Elizabeth Cushing. Elizabeth is the CEO of Playworks, and we talk about the power of play. And while we may think of play as exclusively for kids, adults can also learn a lot about themselves and others through play. So listen in and find out what inspired Elizabeth to be a champion around play, both in the workplace and in the community, and how it can make a huge difference in your relationships and ultimately your business. If you like today's episode, make sure to subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. And the best thing you could possibly do is share it with somebody who's never listened to this show before. We're out to transform workplaces in a positive way. And we appreciate all the support. Enjoy today's episode with Elizabeth Cushing, the CEO of Playworks. Elizabeth, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk about play. You've got an interesting background. So you're the CEO of Playworks. Maybe uh, give people a quick little snapshot. What does Playworks do? Yeah, well, we're a nonprofit organization. We work nationally. We partner with elementary schools and districts and community organizations, all in an effort to make sure kids get a chance to play. And we mean that they have access to safe, healthy, inclusive opportunities to play at school every day. So think things like Foursquare and tag, kickball. I mean, anytime you're getting kids to play, I mean, because they're sitting, oftentimes sitting in the classroom and not moving. And I think it's just like, everybody needs, we need play. I need play as an adult. (laughs) Yet here I am sitting on a chair. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely something we naturally know kids need. Right, but I think we sometimes forget what we learn by playing, which does apply to adults, like that we have a lot in common. People are more than one dimension. They're not just a title they have at work, that kind of thing. And so there's a lot of socializing that comes from playing. Yeah, so you've been at Playworks for quite a long time, and I think you've been the active CEO for 17 years, or is, is it? Well, no, I've been, I've been at Playworks for 19. 19, okay. Um, yeah, I was moved to president more than a decade ago, CEO in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. But I've been playing for a long time. Amazing. So what initially drew you to Playworks? Uh, I am a mom, and my kids were in elementary school, and, and I saw the value of play for them, certainly. And I was very intrigued by the, by the idea that play might need support 
in, in schools that maybe there wasn't enough of it happening. And so that kind of broke my heart a little bit. And I thought, let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can contribute to this mission. And I was hooked. Has your opinion or appreciation of play changed throughout the year? So maybe when you first joined Playworks, you had this idea of what it was. And then being in this position that you have and inside of a growing, scaling organization like this, I'm sure you've changed your tune a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was a nice to have something everybody just got. And I've come to realize how inequitable access to play actually is across the country, school by school. Uh, I've also come to appreciate that play is how we learn to get along with each other, to be curious, to be teammates, and even to resolve conflicts. So there's all this power packed in this thing that looks very light. And I just love the idea that we can use that power for good, for learning, for development, for team building, all the way up through adults. So I I have a very deep appreciation for what's possible when you invest even a little bit in more play happening. Do you recall over over your tenure, maybe an impactful moment or a memory that really solidified your belief in why play is so important? Yeah, there was, I was out on a playground observing. That's part of how I learned what it was that we did was being out there and, and watching kids play. And uh, in order to really learn it, I figured I needed to jump in the game, right? And so I jumped in this game and I happened to be dressed in like a suit for another, you know, for another reason. I was wearing a suit, which I don't normally do. And I get in this game and the kids are looking at me like, what is wrong with her? You know, in this four square game. And I just kind of hike up my skirt and start playing four square. And the look, they were incredulous. And then I get out, right? And when we get out in our games, we give and get high fives. Like, no reason to shame me for getting out in Foursquare. I just want to keep playing. So I reach up to give the kids a high five. And they kind of look at me and they're like, okay, lady. You know, and they give me the high five. And I get back in line. And as I continued playing with them, they started to be like happy I was there. They started to trust me to play the game the way they had learned to play the game. And these people, these young children who I didn't have a relationship with, I suddenly had a relationship with. And that, like living that experience really gave it to me. I have a similar memory. And when you're telling that story, I was just like, oh yeah, this is all coming back to me. Years ago, I think it was like probably 2010, I had volunteered uh, with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Oregon. And part of the program is a corporate program where we'd like a bus full of us would go to the school and we would hang out for lunch and whatever. And I remember this is when our dress code policies were very, very um, professional. I was in a full blown suit and I'm in Oregon. It's rainy, muddy, but yet they're outside doing a recess. And so after lunch, we went out there and I'm like around a soccer field (laughs) kicking the ball with these, these, my, my little at the time was a fifth grader. And I remember when they, you know, they passed me the ball and I'm kicking it and they just looked at me so differently. And I'm like, I'm kind of miserable. It's like rainy, muddy. And I'm like, I'm going to get all muddy and I'm going to go back to work. But seeing the look on their face, I was like in the club basically. And it just, the seeing their faces was all worth it. Yeah. The authenticity of that interaction, priceless, really. And it demonstrates when we jump in the game, it demonstrates that they matter. Absolutely. Now with a nonprofit, you're mission driven. And so oftentimes when you bring team members onto the team, 
you got to have your mission tight. It's ingrained in the culture. How do you go about, and you can even state what your mission is, but also like, how do you onboard employees and making sure that they're aligned, like their values actually align with the mission and that every person you bring on is really fulfilling that mission? Yes. Well, so our mission is to improve children's health and well-being by increasing opportunities for physical activity and safe, meaningful play. That's what we're about. Our hiring process actually for folks who are going to be playing at schools includes one of the rounds, includes them coming and leading a game with several of us as adults because we want to see their comfort, their enthusiasm, their willingness to make mistakes right in front of us. And what's very interesting about including that in the process is sometimes someone will not do as well in the formal interview but we think we see experience that's worth continuing them in the process. And then we get them in that environment and they light up and they demonstrate what's possible for them. Sometimes the opposite is true too. So that's one way. We also, like we play at Playworks. It's part of how we build relationships with each other. So a tiny example is that we start all of our meetings with a check-in question. The purpose of the check-in question is not like, what's the hardest thing you're doing at work today? <laughs> the check-in question is, what food do you really hate? Let's just all share that. And we find out that we have things in common. We have things that are different, but we're just humans trying to do this. And, and building relationship that way really helps. We also like literally play Foursquare or other games, especially when we're gathering because we want to ground everyone in why are we here. And so I didn't create that culture. I came after Playworks had launched. And as CEO, I see myself as a protector yeah. of uh, it. An ambassador. An encourager, yeah. yeah. And so I would credit a lot of our success with just that culture being part of how every play worker operates, like the conditions yeah. that they operate in. I love that you're walking the talk. Please tell me that you have a playground at your office if you, you have a physical uh, so, location. You know, we have we, <laughs> we have a four square court taped off and we have multiple games you can play in a quadrant like that. And we have a bin of balls and we have a bin of hula hoops. And so we just pull stuff out whenever uh, we need a little break from the seriousness of trying to run a nonprofit business. Yeah. You know what comes to mind when you're talking about play? I, you know, I, I know a lot of people have kind of hammered the tech industry for like having ping pong tables and, and like like perks and benefits that keep people in the office. But maybe talk about the importance of it, though, too, because like in high stress situations, you're and you're working hard to take a break and, and to have the opportunity to play with and, and resolve conflict, like you said earlier, like how, just how important is that? It's really, if you think about how work gets done today, it's rarely the independent producer that does anything, right? It's teams, it's folks taking pieces of projects and then bringing them together. So you have to be able to have rapport with, connect with the other people on that team. You're not just technicians, right? You're also humans. One of the moments when I came to understand how play can support tech actually, is that uh, we have a partnership service with companies where called Corporate Recess, where we will take 
a team or a bunch of teams uh, and play with them, whether that's out of school or not, play games. And then we'll kind of debrief, like, how did that feel? What did you figure out? Well, we got some feedback from a tech company, a big one in San Francisco, that they realized that their engineers had not as much practice with communication with their, each other, team building, and that they really broke down some barriers by playing some pretty silly games with their colleagues and went back to the office with a different kind of energy and understanding of each other. And that made me realize um, how important it is for adults to get a chance to play, be given permission to play. So we kept supporting that company for quite a long time. That's amazing. I, you know, a lot of things are coming to mind right now just about breaking down the barriers. I'm like, there's a, I think this new generation, because we're growing up behind screens and work nowadays can be isolating, especially for remote or hybrid workforces. And it's like, you get in the comfort zone of like, I'm behind my computer, I can have my camera off maybe for meetings, I can do my work independently. And I think in our little comfort bubbles, it's then hard to connect with other people, especially when conflict arises. But I agree with you, like, if there's opportunities to play and interact in a very different level, even a, even an icebreaker question like you were talking about, like, that's a chance to get to know somebody it's a chance like an olive branches is, is out there and i agree like but how do we force people not force people but how do we get them to go along with the play versus like just being stuck in my little bubble of comfort you know what i mean right well i will first say that uh, we definitely define play as by choice right okay you optional. you you get to play it's optional even when we do check-in questions we say there's a right to pass, even though the questions are quite silly and usually not very deep. Um, but we do think it's important for there to be choice. What's interesting about play is that when given an invitation to play, especially when the stakes are low, it doesn't matter if I get you out in Foursquare, nothing is going to happen. You're not going to lose your job. Nobody's going to laugh at you, right? The stakes are so low that when given the invitation to play, most people will accept it, will say, I'll try it. And you'll always have enough people jumping in right away that the folks who are a little more reticent will jump in too. And then the experience is typically so heartwarming and tapping of our childhood that uh, people feel really good after. And so then the energy for whatever work you're about to do has just been lifted five notches. Uh, and so next time, everyone will jump into that invitation even faster. It's, it's an, I love this conversation because I'm like, I'm, I'm living in two worlds right now, one of which I, I play at work and connection with people is super important. I fully believe that. And then I've got kids who are at one's in elementary school, one's in middle school. And my son in particular tends to be a little bit more on the introverted, shy side, and he doesn't initiate things. And I remember he came home the other day and, we, you know, he and I have tossed the football around when he gets home, weather permitting, of course. And he, we were playing catch and he's like, hey, they, they asked me in intramurals to be the quarterback and he got to do like two or three throws or whatever. And he just kept talking about that. And it, that goes a long way where it's just, the play, it just ignited something in him and he couldn't stop talking about it. And now probably wants to do it a million times over. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about, right? It's like this energy that comes with it, this excitement. It's so human, right? And I have to tell you, one of my favorite parts of Playworks is we have junior coaches. So 
fourth and fifth graders get invited to apply to be a junior coach. They get some leadership training and then they get to go out once a week for 20 minutes to the younger kids recess and lead games and help the younger kids resolve conflicts. And the energy that this creates for those junior coaches that they've been tapped as a leader, they get to prove what they know. And then the little kids are really looking up to them. It changes their relationship with school. And I am amazed at what a simple action can do for that sense of belonging and belief in oneself. Yeah. I want to go back to your organization, like internally, because the culture Culture is so important, especially when you're growing. So in I'm pulling these stats from your uh, personal bio, but you're in 2004 partnered with 61 schools, which is a really nice number. In 2020, you had 2,000. That's an enormous amount of scale. And I imagine your staff grew as a result of it. And, you know, we talked about the mission and the, and the culture a little bit, but I, just talk to me about what that that hiring process is like, you know, what kind of questions are you asking to make sure people are, are aligned with core values? What, like, what's your process to, to scale to that level? Yeah, one of the things that we did, which was a group decision to do, is when we decided to grow outside of the San Francisco Bay Area, where we're headquartered, we started by moving people. <laughs> so we, we invited people, they were youngish, so they, could, they were a little more mobile, to move to a new city where we wanted to work with schools and to start up the team there. So we took our culture and literally asked someone to be the culture driver in a new location. And we did that a dozen times. And what happened in addition to moving leaders is we had other folks follow them. So a young person who was working in Boston would say, oh, I really want to go. We're going to open in Chicago. I want to move back. I'm from Chicago. And so we used people to actually move the culture itself, which I can't say we understood the power of that until we saw it. And that was incredible. And then our training is very focused on playing why play why it matters why does it matter to you personally what is it that you get from it personally and connecting each of our team members to it from the get-go i would say that growing like that is a risk it's a big risk there were a lot of mistakes we made along the way and we also the thing about play is that you're playing you make a mistake you get out you might have learned something from that little mistake, right? Like, I'm going to bend my knees more if you're me. Like, I'm going to bend my knees more next time. <laughs> we have that in our culture, that we make mistakes, we get out, and we try again. And so when we made mistakes as we tried to grow across the country, like assuming the adults in Baltimore were similar to the adults in California, which largely they're not, uh, we quickly pivoted. We quickly, like, revised what we were doing. And so we actually took that culture of experimentation that play really is and used it in our work to get past mistakes more quickly. That's amazing. I imagine like in a mission driven organization like you are to, to really bring people along and to make sure the, the mission's sticking, you probably do a lot of storytelling. And I'm, I'm sure at every location, each team member could probably tell a story about like how play has impacted their view on, on play and, and just like an impact that they made at the school and the kids. Yeah, the stories are great. They are what keep us going. I mean, over my 19 years, one thing that has been a constant is that our pulse surveys of folks, like how are you doing, what, what's keeping you here, engagement, 
always number one and number two, the mission and the people. So everyone's experiencing our mission with each other, right? Which is just amazing. The other sign, I think, I was looking the other day, we've been using Slack for, I guess, four years. And I was not enthusiastic <laughs> about this because I didn't want to learn another thing. I was so Early long. Sure, yeah. it's, it's so amazing. I thought, I wonder which of our channels are most used. And so I scanned through them, asked our IT folks, and it turns out that the appreciations channel is by far the most used channel where anyone can go on, give a story, this is what happened at school today. I want to appreciate that student or a teacher who won't even see the appreciation, or I want to appreciate my teammate. There are videos, there are emojis, there are audio tracks. The thing is people love to connect with each other through that channel. And I think that's a culture keeper strategy right there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What are, you know, for, for people that are listening right now, what are some practical ways that we can incorporate play into our daily routines at work? Because like you said earlier, I mean, it could just be as simple as a question, but maybe there's some other things that we can do throughout the workday to, to ignite the play. Yeah. Well, so I would definitely say if you start to do check-in questions, make it kind of a habit, make them super light. When I'm with people I don't know, we always start with what was your first concert? And that evokes all sorts of hilarious. Yeah. What was your first concert? Whitney Houston. <laughs> ah, see? And then everybody goes, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Oh and then, you know, being my age, my first concert was U2, Unforgettable mm. Fire at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Wow. And some of the younger people I work with are like, really? I'm like, yes, you had to have been there. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely encourage that. I think another thing is just creating the conditions where play can happen in communal spaces. So I was just at a retreat where the retreat center had a Jenga set up just, you know, in one of the common areas and a Connect Four set up in one of the common areas and a basket of playing cards and just things that people will gravitate to if they're made available. And the thing about it being free choice means you're not being forced to play, you're getting to play, and then you start to connect with people in a different way. Great. That was good advice there. Um, what would you offer leaders in terms of advice uh, or educators for this matter, since you work with schools who are interested in incorporating play into their environments, but just don't really know where to start? I mean, I think this is really where PlayWorks, um, the model probably comes into play here, but I'd love to hear what, you're, what you think. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll say, I'll say for schools, for educators, for families, we have a lot of free resources Things like, here's a video of how to play the game, The Big Cheese, which I'll tell you is a huge popular game among the kids. So those are on Playworks' YouTube channel. Those are on playworks.org. Like We have a lot of stuff we'll give away, and it'll help you just try it, try it on. One piece of advice for both educators, well, actually educators, parents, and leaders, is there's something about the hierarchy of adults and students, but also the hierarchy of CEOs and <laughs> other people, Please. where that intimidation factor or that belief that the hierarchy means that you're a different kind of human gets in the way of relationships. 
playing together, jumping in a game or inspiring a game, means I'm a player and you're a player. We're, we're all just players. We're all amateurs in, in a low-stakes situation. And so I have found that when our team is playing, the best thing I can do is just jump in the game and remind people that we're all on the same team, we're all working toward the same mission, I'm no different than, than they are. And I think that's true in teams, I think that's true with parents and kids, because of course you're in charge, but you're really no better at Jenga probably than they are. So- I play Fortnite with my kid and he destroys me. And he destroys you, exactly. <laughs> and there's something about demonstrating that you can make a mistake and the world doesn't end, that you don't lose your mind. <laughs> Because you, because you lost. I'm you know? super competitive, though. That's very hard, Elizabeth. Well, can I tell you, the most competitive people I know are play workers, right? But they also can laugh at themselves. They also can make mistakes. And so I think creating opportunities to be a player yourself is a really important thing that has a lot of ripple effects for the people that are in your life, whether they're family or or coworkers. Well said. Well, this is—I mean, this has been an awesome discussion. I, uh, anything else that you'd want to say, just in terms of the the value of play? Uh, anything else? Uh, I encourage everyone. You know, when you're thankful for something, give somebody a high five. Like you don't have to just use your words. There are playful ways to express gratitude. Um, we use high fives as a greeting. You know, there are little ways you can be playful too. So encourage that every day. Well, Elizabeth, thanks for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. It's been been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of ZenMHR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.